This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Ride of West London podcast. And we're getting ourselves ready for a celebration weekend. Because hopefully we're going to be celebrating up in the Northwest. There's a, there's a football game going on over there. And I'm very much looking forward to this one. I've been looking forward to this one all season. We were celebrating last weekend as well. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later when Nottingham Forest came down to New Griffin Park. And uh, to be quite honest with you, there's been celebrations all week. I don't know for what reason, we're just making it up as it goes. But my name's Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the virtual joint waiting for the long weekend, the second long weekend in a row to happen so that I can go up north and celebrate with chums just all over the place, including my man Laney, who's in the house. Laney, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, as you say, it's, uh, we've, we've had several quite quite big matches, uh, you know, as, as the season comes towards the end four games to go and the first one's up at, up at Liverpool mate where we're going to get a right royal victory I hope <laughs> that's right actually hopefully we're going to be kings for the day yes. as they say but listen looking forward to our trip up to Liverpool on uh all over the weekend I'm not going to say on Saturday because there's I think it's a little bit more than that going on actually you know it could be it could be there for the whole year yeah as it goes but like I said to you we've got loads going on in this podcast like I said to you me and Lainey are going to well we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff going on as well we've obviously going to look back at the Forest match listen to the fans what they had to say after the Forest match JB has got some fabulous facts and funk actually jb i mean he's oh he's 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 really he's really come up with a good one this time as well jb's talking about all sorts of players who scored 20 plus goals as well you know conceding late you know jb love jb's facts and funk so we got him as well and also our special guest the anfield rap as you know we've got a nice little thing going on with the anfield rap good set of lads and lasses up there in liverpool and they're going to be chatting to us about liverpool and liverpool season which hasn't quite gone to plan but anyway lady just talking about things that haven't quite gone to plan we don't often talk about well we do actually quite often talk about other teams in this league because that's what we do and there's one team in this league who were to be fair they were massive they were champions of europe they actually uh, won the European Championship at one stage. I can't remember exactly when, but apparently we keep being told they won the, the Champions of Europe and um, things aren't going 
particularly to plan up in that region, are they? No, no. It's been an awful season. It's been a brilliant season for for, for us to watch at, at, at Ellen Road. Um, and Leeds. Um, yes, Javi Garcia has been given his uh, his P his P forty five, and um, Sam Allardyce uh, is, is is rocked up. Um, and he's got four games to save the mighty Leeds. You know whether whether he can do that or not. He's, he's you know, judging by his, his um, interview when he took over the job, he's certainly not he's not shy, is he? He's not short of confidence. Um, comparing himself with Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp and Mikel Arteta, um, saying you know no 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 one no one's no one can outdo him. Um, but you know the honest you know the honest truth of the matter is take the bravado away. He's got four um, seemingly. Uh, not impossible games, but you know two of them are. I'd say, you know, he's got he's got uh, Man City this weekend, then he's got Newcastle, West Ham, and Tottenham, um, and he's 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 got to get enough points or more points than the, the teams around him. It's it's looking like you know Leeds may go to that last game of the season again, having to win, and I'm I, you know, I'm not sure they've got it in them, but we'll we'll see how it pans out. We're not we're not going to start sort of saying they're down yet, but. You know, the, the wise money is that he's going to fail there, and he's going to do what he did, um, you know, West Brom and, and take him down. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's not. He's, he seems to have this kind of legendary status of like he he, he always gets survival. He, he didn't at West Brom, and you know, he, he, the only person that's guaranteed a win is is himself. And you know, you can't blame him for for going there. But uh, if you, if you listen to his you know his, his interview he seemed the perfect fit doesn't he he's you know he's deluded and and really arrogant which is a perfect fit for Leeds <laughs> I mean he's talking about um he's the only one that could win the, the rumour is he's been paid what's about half a million or a million uh for the four games and then if they survive he's going to get one and a half million or three million depending on the rumours that you believe but listen that, I'd say again that's fair play because at the end of the day is that if somebody wants to make you that type of offer You'd be stupid not to take it. And for a person like, you know, Large Sam, as they call him, who's out there, he is, um, he, he, he is, you know, listen, he's going to, he's going to take it and he's going to, you know, it doesn't really matter what anybody else says. I mean, if, if your job is a manager and you've been given a job to take a team for, for, four games to, 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 for them to survive, I'm not be funny, mate. You're, 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 you're on a winner. You're not on a loser. Because at the end of the day, they are, there's obvious belief that they are in trouble. So that's why they've gone to him. So he's got nothing to lose. If they get relegated anyway, he's just like, he'll take the money and he'll move on. So that's fair play to him. But the interesting thing, I think, more than anything else, and we don't want to talk about them not too long because we obviously want to talk about our game that's coming on. But I just think it's interesting, obviously, and this is because this is the conversation that's been happening quite a lot around all of football, not about us, is obviously Victor Orta, who's their uh, director of football, who everyone thought was an absolute guru who brought in, you know, Bielsa. And, you know, they, you know, some, you know, some Leeds fans are saying we've gone from Bielsa to Fat Sam or Large Sam, sorry, because I'm saying, you know, you mustn't be uh, largest of the people. That was the nickname he was given. So Large Sam, we'll call him. They've gone from Bielsa to, to, to Large Sam within a, a, a very short space of time. And it, it, there's this whole thing about, you know, we talk about football is kind of like, is it about the survival? Is it about what the club's all about? You know, they used to, they, I mean, used to bang on all the time about the type of football that they played. And if anyone played in commas anti-football, they used to get properly lambasted. But now they're in the situation where, to be quite honest with you, anything goes. And if, 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 if large Sam brings anti-football to, to Leeds, 
that's fine but you know i it it kind of seems to go against that their whole ethos and what they were kind of preaching to the world what leads is about and this is the whole thing that's kind of really confused me because obviously you know brentford are at fault for last season not putting them out of their misery and and, and sending them down because maybe if they'd gone down last season they could have kind of maybe sort of kind of um re recalibrated themselves under jesse marsh and got themselves back up and maybe got themselves in in a decent place but instead they weren't really in the right place they saved themselves last season got themselves into more trouble sacked a manager who to be honest you may not have been as bad as what they all thought but he just wasn't given the time and now they've got in large sam to 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 to, to, to get them in the next way and that's what really confuses me yeah and you know and if we're looking at facts as well they they were never champions of europe <laughs> they they won the uh, european fairs cup a couple of times in the in the late late 60s early 70s they did get to the european cup final like the champions cup final once but they lost so um you know it, it, that's that's factually correct i think and uh yeah i you know as i said we, we're not going to talk about them um sort of you know for, for too much longer but you know it, it just does show you just how some of these clubs it's just a clown car crash isn't it once once you once you know they, they talk about five-year plans and they talk about sustainability and they talk about you know um being really well structured and having having a long-term vision um about they you know you test you test the model slightly and it just cracks and they sack anyone and everyone and it, you know it, it just shows you it, it, it a lot of time it works when it works but you know it, you you have to you have to kind of go with the flow and um you have to be true and um and consistent you know and you know learn from mistakes and it doesn't seem like many clubs actually do so um yeah we're not we're not going to get all preachy that's not the brentford way but you know we've got we have we've there's not a lot of love between brentford and leeds and um you know i hope they hope they go down and just just briefly uh, finally you know if we if we just go back to the odd shape ball podcast as we as we call it you know which is that that leads podcast and i just remember that episode where you know they said it was humor it was a little bit of banter as they go but you know um everyone that i've played it to not leads fans as well you know the the, the borderline between bad banter and arrogance uh, and they saw another side of it as well. And I think that the line was what, you know, Brentford don't, not even don't deserve, to, it's almost like they didn't recognise us being in the Premier League. And there's that whole thing, listen, we're used to it, so we don't really care. But it's that, it's almost like the really weird tables turn. This is 18 months later, when, you know, they kind of almost laughing at us being in the Premier League. They talked about us having second season syndrome. They're like, okay, they've survived this season, but next season, it's going to be all over for them. And it's almost like 18 months later, you look at the situation, you sort of say, listen, you know, Careful what you ask for, ads and karma is a, an interesting thing, is what I'll say. And listen, they might survive, and but they've got bigger fish to fry than to laugh at us because we're going off on our US tour, which they were actually uh, pulled from because they thought, actually, hold on a second, Leeds United, uh, we've just found out they're not champions in Europe. And also it looks like they might get relegated. So we don't want them to go to the USA with all these smaller clubs um, because they're probably too big for this lot. So what we'll do is that we'll just let them sit wherever they are. So anyway. I shall move on from that because uh, talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, you were talking about Champions of Europe there. You were, you were talking about things that, um, uh, you know, just kind of going against the grain um, uh, that's, uh, that might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And you have to sort of debunk, right, you know, these theories sometimes, lady. And on Saturday, when Brentford um, um, started the match last week and they were kicking towards the West Stand in the first half, how did you feel about that? Um, 
I don't obviously it, it's it's like a traditional thing now isn't it that we you know we, we, we shoot towards the West End in the second half um, and you know in the same way as we, we, we like to shoot towards the uh, the Ealing Road end at, uh, at Griffin Park in the second half so yeah I mean New, uh, Notts Forest won the won the toss um, and they and they flipped it around I mean I, I think that you know I think that's part of the um, kind of slightly disruption. You know, I, 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 you know, it's their shout. Maybe they wanted a you know kick towards their own fans. Um, you know, uh, to start with, to give them some sort of advantage. You know, but yeah, it, it, I, I'm not I'm not worried one way or the other. If I'm honest with you, Bill, I don't I don't think it makes an awful lot of difference. I know it, I know it doesn't happen often, but it's uh, it's I, I don't I don't think it's a jinx. It does. I mean, and again, I mean, for me, I'm, 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 to me, I get quite disconcerted actually when I see us kicking the wrong way in that first half. And you're always looking for an excuse as a football fan to find out an excuse as to why we may lose. And I've, and I've, the, the, the very few times that we've kicked that way, I mean, I've turned around to people around me and they said, "Oh my God, it's because we're kicking in this half." And you're using that as an excuse, and it kind of just twists your mind as it as such. But like I said to you, JB's going to talk about this a little bit later. But you know, he's actually said, to be fair, when we're kicking in the wrong way in the first half it very rarely goes against us in fact it's nearly always gone against us so like I said to you it's debunking those theories I was just going to say to you Blaney just having a little bit of fun here as well before we go into the main um uh, depth of the podcast and talking about stuff I mean any other theories out there that we should uh think about sort of debunking I mean obviously there's one theory that we've massively debunked this season is second season syndrome which I've always had a massive thing about and I think is absolute nonsense and it's something that pundits out there talk about to try and make out they know what they're talking about where half the time they don't know what they're talking about or second season syndrome what does that mean it doesn't really mean anything other than you're being very lazy because a team has come up and because they didn't go up the first year um didn't go down and get relegated the first year from the championship they'll get relegated the second season but it doesn't mean that you're actually looking at what's going on in and around that club so so many lazy people use that for us this season that we're going to get bitten by second season syndrome and that has been fully debunked hasn't it yes it has yeah yeah and i, I noticed there's a few of those people that were saying about second season syndrome are going oh well it's third season syndrome and it'll, it'll just be continued you know you know we're always going to be stacked you know the odds are going to be stacked against us you know always um well, not always but you know in the first four or five years until you can get you know um your bank balances up to be able to meet some of the big boys and you know you look at the you look at the numbers you know three seasons of 150 million quid is you know 450 mil it's best part of half a billion pounds that are going to be coming in to our coffers um it, plus whatever our players are worth obviously we need to start spending some money on on increasing the, the you know the caliber of the squad as, as 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 time goes on and you know assuming we do survive for you know the foreseeable future but you know, it's it's hard to go wrong when you're, you know, you've got a a really excellent coach, a b a really good football philosophy, um, c great director of football, uh, and you've got uh, this kind of backing by by the owner, and you know this this amount of money. So it's it every year we survive. I think our chances of surviving increase. And yeah, you're you're always gonna be. Um, threatened by relegation, but it's only if you play awfully, and we, we we don't do that either. So, you know, again, taking nothing for granted, um, but we have certainly certainly de 
debunk that second season syndrome. Um, I've got another one here for you, Billy. Um, too, too big to go down is another yeah. one that you hear that a lot. And the other you one is um, the other one is cheats never prosper. I, I don't know if you've heard that one before. I've, 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 I have heard that one actually, and uh, and I think that um, well, excuse me, going on this season, maybe we, that, that that one's going to be fully debunked actually. But uh, the too big to go down. I mean, we see that quite a lot, obviously, because being in the second and the third tier, and even the fourth tier, we've seen a lot of big teams that have come down, and uh, we've seen their attitudes change as they've not been too big enough to go back up again. So they've sat in those leagues for ten, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen years, and they've they've managed to sort of calm themselves down. You know, even Aston Villa when they came down to the championship oh my god when they first came down oh my god they they were they presume they're going to go straight back up but after what's it quite a few seasons in the championship they calmed themselves down it was interesting to see Leeds down in the third tier as well that was quite interesting and quite sort of kind of uh sobering for them as well because they just realized that they were nowhere near the champions of europe stage at all so they had to calm themselves down as well so yeah too big to go down is obviously one of those things that are being debunked as well second new manager bounce as well is one i've always hated because it's a new manager bounce it's just you presume you get a new manager everyone gets scared when the new manager comes in but like i said to you the stats are the people who put money on this so actually if a new manager comes in uh over the space of you know 100 games or whatever like that you're more likely to lose than you are to win so that's quite interesting that's a load of nonsense as well um what else any others lady you got any others uh no the cheats never prosper i think that was that was that was one i, I, I thought yeah. was quite poignant for for the last weekend yeah yeah something yes. <laughs> Um, so there's there's more chance of winning winning if your team likes to play football. Uh, do you think that's true, Laney? Yeah, it's, it's the whole XG. I mean, you know, we we say I like, I think we ought to stop saying it. You know, either you like or you don't like. You know, XG. And I think um, it is. We know it's a there's a measure of. But hold on a second. I'm going to say that, Laney. So, well, by playing good football, you normally can create good chances. So I think I think the two kind of go hand in hand. So. Um, no. But not necessarily. I mean, you know, okay, first of all, what's the question? What is the definition of uh, likes to play football or good football? You know, at the end of the day, if you're playing the ball long, that's def- defined. I mean, you can see all the people, some people are already saying to us, oh my God, they're a long ball team, they're Stoke City. But playing the ball long, if you're doing it right, is that good football? I mean, surely, you know, you can still take great good chances as long as you do it in the right way. So is there a bit of a snobbery about kind of basically, you know, teams that play sort of kind of nine? 1,245 passes a game is that you know what I'm saying because uh, I think this is what this is more about oh well 100% and you look at like Trent Alexander-Arnold you know he, he is Mr. Longmore merchant you know he, he can pick you know they're, they're beautiful but they, they're long balls and you know you look at how many uh, um, you look how many uh, uh, Harland has, has scored this year from from like his first touch from a lot from long through balls um, you know, going direct doesn't mean you're playing 1980s Wimbledon kind of um, bully boy tactics where, you know, you're basically fighting as well. You know, go, going long, it, it, it takes like some real vision. You know, um, Kevin De Bruyne, he, he plays long passes all the time. You know, it's you need you need to be able to play to your strengths. And you've got someone like Ivan Tony, or you've got someone like uh, Haaland, or you've got someone like Mo Salah. Or, you know, you, you are going to play long balls to them um, and um, play to their strengths. And I, I agree. You know, I, I haven't got a problem with, with Brentford um, mixing it up. You know, I, I think, you know, when we were in the championship, we were able to kind of dictate play and um, play tiki taka football because of the calibre we were up against wasn't as strong. You know, that it was, it was you know, beautiful on the eye, but I, 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 I'm not enjoying watching my team any less because we, 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 we've changed slightly. Um, we might have to change again if Ivan goes, well, but I'm, I'm, well, I'm enjoying what I see. 
Yeah, and, and I'm just going to ask you a question. Is is there a good time to score? Because people sort of say this is a good time to score in a game. And that, that is a theory. You know, they'll look at the clock and say, that's a good time to score. But I'm not being sure any time is a good time to score, surely. Um, a good, well, it just depends, doesn't it? You know, last minute plus, you know, five, injury time plus six was, was a great time to score. It was the best time to score last weekend because it means there was no time for anyone to come back. But uh, yeah, uh, it depends. It, I, I, I think it, there is good and bad times to score depending on who you're playing, to be honest with you. I think we score first in the first minute against uh, Man City and that's the only goal we get. Then God help us. Um, if we score in the last minute against Man City and that's the only goal of the game, then then that's brilliant. I, 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 it just depends who you're playing, Bill. I, I mean, for me, I'd, I'd score any minute of the day. You know what I'm saying? I just, any time's a good time to score for me. And also, I'm just going to do another lady. I'm just wondering, because if a player has got a cultured left foot, is that a particular type of left foot? You know what I'm saying? Um, we've seen players that have better and worse left foots i think uh yeah i, I it's oh, oh, i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not equipped to uh, to answer that one so much but, i know it's uh, just i'm just is there a cultured and an uncultured left foot and also is there, is there a cultured right foot as well you know what i'm saying and then i'm just running all the theories out there as well and just the last one i'm going to ask you Slaney, is and you hear it quite a lot as well because of course this theory is a very important theory it's a good squad on paper Okay, is is is, is the difference between the squad on paper and then the squad that actually is on the pitch? Well, Leeds is a good squad on paper. Yeah, they're just shit on grass. <laughs> there we go. But listen, all right. So we, we 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 we've been out to try and debunk all these theories that are going on out there, as they say. Listen, it's just for a little bit of a laugh because we're going to actually come back and cast our mind back to last weekend when Nottingham Forest came down to New Griffin Park. They needed the points badly. They came down to the match. They were ahead for most of the game. But then all of a sudden, bing, bang, bosh, we popped a couple of goals in. Forest got no points. We got the three points. And there was a lot of unhappiness in the away end. We're going to come back after a little drink and we're going to talk about that Forest game. So that Forest game, and just want to mention as well, was Steve, the uh, Baltimore B. That was his final game. He really enjoyed himself and he's gone back off to Baltimore. We'll be seeing him in a couple of months' time. And just to let you know, me and Lady were chatting after that game. We thought, tell you what, should we do a little event in Atlanta? So we're, we're going to investigate whether or not we should do a little event in Atlanta before the Brentford game at some stage, either on the day of the game or maybe the night before. We should do like a little besotted event. We'll invite you all down and we'll have a little butt laugh. We've got got to try and find a bar or something like that. I know that they're investigating boats up in uh, Philly. I'm not going to be up in Philly. Laney might might or might not be doing the boat down Philly, but I'm going to be trying to check out a bar in Atlanta and see if we can have a little get-together for that one, which is all good. But look, as you're coming back to the Forest match, the Forest game, tell you what, I'm not actually going to say anything about this Forest game because <laughs> I'm just going to leave it to the fans because the fans, the both the Brentford fans and the Forest fans, had loads to say after the game. Let's have a little listen to them, then we can come back and we can remark on their words, what they said before, or not before, after that Forest match. I love it when we score in cheaty time. They got exactly, they waste time, waste time, waste time. Uh, sat back and there was seven extra minutes to play with at the end. There we go. We didn't really fire today. Go. It was a bit of a nasty, niggly match really, where, you know, fair play to Forest, they, they broke away and they defended and they're desperate. But ultimately, class, luck and cheesy time sorted us right out. And I'm very, very happy with those three points. 
It's really given me so much enjoyment. Reason's on fire. Your defence is terrified. Let's go on and finish the season on the high. La 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 la. There we go again. We got the points from the cheats. I think I've got a new word. Shada Freuder. The time wasting in the Steve Cooper standard styley was unbelievable today. Expected, but unbelievable. What a match to come back. Take a sad song and make it better, Josh. He put the ball in the net, he attacked. That's what we needed at that moment. Him and Ivan both. Ivan only had a few touches, but he made it count. What a match, what a day. But we played a better standard of football, and that's apparent. It's been, a, been that way all through the season, and it showed out in the end. That's it, great win for the Bees. First half, we looked really good. Conceded a sucker punch. Second half, changed the team all over the place. Changed the midfield, changed structures. And I just didn't know where it was, didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't play that well, but what a comeback well win. And they deserve it for their time wasting. Everything about well done because they fought to the end and they got the they got the reward and I thought I didn't couldn't see us getting anything out of it at one point but bloody hell hats off brilliant job they got the just dessert and I hey. hope they go down oh just overcome by it all you know yeah, yeah. it's an amazing that comeback against a very very mediocre team and let's hope they go down UBs UBs the, we, we we can see the, the the two mistakes from the goalkeeper. Navas Costas. I, I'm I'm good. That that game should have, we should have won. But you gotta give credit, credit to Brentford. The fight to the end. That that, that we should have won. I'm, I'm I'm good. We just aren't good enough away from home, Billy. We we find ways to lose when we're in good positions. I mean today, I'm heartbroken at the moment, Billy. Right, because I love my club dearly, and I want my club to be like Brentford, safe and consolidated in this division, like Brighton and Hove Albion, like Aston Villa, like Fulham. You can look at luck, and you can look at Danilo's injury, and like Cooper's made his substitution. That's all hindsight. But in the end of the day, the the cold, hard, ruthless analysis says in this division, which is so unforgiving. When you're in, when you've got a game by the nuts, Billy, you have to finish it off and take your chances and get out of dodge. With a one-nil would have been amazing for us. Respect to Brentford, great club, brilliantly run, fantastic in terms of what a stadium this is. Right, great picking players. Just hope we can end up being like Brentford. That would be brilliant. As it is, we go away, we lick our wounds, get ready for Southampton a week on Monday. Put this behind us because that's all you can do. And we start again, mate. The first 70 minutes were pretty frustrating and then we kind of got our act together a little bit and, and made it happen and glad we did in the end. It was nice to hear Freed from Desire after quite a long time at the G-Tech. I mean, a stupid free kick to give away and then the guy who gives it away jumps out the wall and then God knows what happens with the keeper and then you just knew as soon as the, the, light, the fourth official put seven minutes up, I thought, oh no. I was so shocked when we scored because... We're always backs against the wall in the 40, like end of the first half, end of the second half. It's always a stressful struggle for us to score. We couldn't believe it. And then, I don't know, just that, that to happen. A game where we never really expected to, to win, but the way it went, I'd rather it have been 2-1 after 30 minutes and the game peters out. And I felt so much better to be so close and like to see that we're obviously going to be in the relegation zone and then we don't play Southampton until Monday night. It's, it's tough. I mean, Southampton is win at all costs now for us. I, I'm gutted. I'm so gutted. You've caught me at the... I, I, I don't know. It's just gutted. And Nottingham Forest are a shameful team to play. 
And I'm so pleased that I was on the opposite side seeing Steve Cooper, that ugly mug. I didn't miss that for one minute. And I'm so pleased that we beat him today. So there you hear the fans after that match. I'm just going to go through what that match was all about, okay? So Brentford, as a team, we were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities through individual skill and also goal-scoring opportunities from set pieces. Nottingham Forest, they stole the ball from us often and they created goal-scoring opportunities from set pieces. Brentford, we had no significant weaknesses, whereas Forest lost possession often. We played with width, had large quantity of possession in the other half. We attacked down the right, we dominated possession and we favoured crossing the ball. Whereas Forest, they favoured long shots, attacked down the left, attacked through the middle and favoured long balls. You know, we had 14 attempts to Nottingham Forest five. Okay, seven in open play and they had two. You know what I'm saying? The top people, Josta Silva with eight, then Ivan Tony with 7.4, and then Musa with 7.4, uh, Danilo 7.2, and then Ethan Pennant with seven, according to whoscored.com. Interestingly, you know, you see the stats and you see kind of what was going on in that game. And even though all the Brentford fans were saying, I mean, and, and also XG-wise, Brentford XG 1.51 to 0.98 for Nottingham Forest. So Brentford fans, you know, they were saying we couldn't see us getting anything out of that game because we were behind for so long. But if you look at see what was actually going on in the round it, it looks like we actually had more of the game in a lot of areas, but we were just behind. Would you agree with that, Laney? Yeah, looking at the, the you know the details, uh, you know, with with knowing that the, the you know with the score, um, it was completely and utterly you know justified result. You know, the Brentford got out of the game exactly what they deserved. They created more. They 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 you know bossed the possession. The passing accuracy was was you know was excellent. Um, you know the possession, you know you know sixty nine percent to thirty one percent shots on target, eight to three. You know we 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 took the game to to Forest, um, and you know but I thought it was a thoroughly frustrating afternoon. It's to next to you, I was I was getting wound up. Our passing was you know our, well not a passing, our crossing, our, our delivery into the area was predictable. Uh, you know that they know that we're going to pull every single thing back to the, the penalty spot, and sometimes you just do have to mix it up a little bit. And I, you know, I know that's what all the best teams do. Man City do exactly the same, uh, and Liverpool do exactly the same. Man United do exactly the same. It's it, it's it is where you know it, it is where the ball should go. Arsenal do exactly the same. You know, look at Odegaard's goals um, the other night. Um, um, against Chelsea, you know, there's the, especially the first one, he was just hovering, waiting for the ball to get pulled back. Um, so, but we were, we they were, they weren't, they weren't clinical, and it, it, it seemed to be that if we went behind, it was going to be one of them afternoons. We've seen a million of them. You know, anyone that's been watching football um, for for a significant amount of time, or anyone that's been watching Brentford for for decades. You know, you get a sniff of it. You kind of know that you're on top. But if you don't take your chances, a team that are desperate, um, they're gonna. If they do get a, a goal up, then they're gonna just, you know, just shut up shop, and they're gonna do everything to to try and keep their noses in front. And that's exactly what we saw. You know, we saw the full Steve Cooper. Um, repertoire um, and his players were were doing exactly what we expected him to do, and it was it was like really encouraging. It was really 
great to see that not pay off and I, you know it, it, it that that's the that was the thing that kind of sent me home with a smile on my face obviously yeah seeing us win again you know I, I can't tire of you know the free from desire bouncing up and down but um it was just a fact that we got what we deserved and uh you know i think i think the, the footballing gods were smiling at us bill that's, that's right um, and steve cooper it's interesting i mean you listen to what the fans had to say there as well i mean you know the the, the, the uh, we're, we're going back to the, the the theory but debunking now there's more chance of winning if your team likes to play football <laughs> right so we're going back to that actually so we've un, un, we've we've bunked our debunking of the debunking like you know what i'm saying because steve cooper i mean it was like a just a tirade of people of brentford fans actually just kind of basically just having to go at steve cooper um th there's obviously no love lost for the nottingham forest manager i've had a lot of fans that actually said look i've not got any problem with forest i just don't like steve cooper you know now interestingly on the flip side of it you've got the forest fans who absolutely love steve cooper they believe that he's the only he's the only reason why they are where they are and they love everything about him when cooper went to forest i told him the reason why we didn't like him and i remember the reason why he don't like him is i remember it was specifically it was one particular game it wasn't the playoff semi-final it was a game earlier in that season which was down at swansea um i think it was a night game uh, it was during the, the the pandemic, so we were watching it in the Globe, and I'm pretty sure it's a night game as well. And we played Forest inside and, and at that uh, not to Swansea in that match. And remember, we we're all sitting around. We had Pat over there and Club Shop Anne, and you know Sanjiv is another corner. We're all sitting in our socially distanced tables in the Globe, cheering away um, as we did with the pandemic. And all I remember is that we were all over Swansea, but they just kept on falling over. They just kept on just falling over at every single opportunity, cheating, and it was just so frustrating because like literally they just kept on going down and everyone in the pub was shouting and getting really frustrated and angry about them uh, and then if I remember rightly I think we might have gone ahead and we thought okay that will teach you and then I think they went down for a free kick which I think possibly shouldn't have been a free kick and then they scored the, the ex-Aston Villa player I can't remember what his name is Connor 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 what's his name Connor who went to Barnsley I think he came to them and he took the free kick and he scored directly from the free kick and uh, and they got a draw I think out of it or they might have even won and that was really frustrating and that was the first time I thought, hold on a second, you're a proper cheat. And then after that, we had all the beef between us that went for the following match. And then, you know, we beat them. And Ivan Henry got sent off. Ivan Tony, not Ivan Tony, Rico Henry got sent off. And then it got uh, rescinded. And, you know, there was just all sorts of stuff going on. And before you knew it, Swansea fans, it was like the Orient scenario when Orient were just like, we hate Brentford. They're our biggest rivals. We're just like, okay, where did this come from? So uh, there was that situation. It went on the following year. So the Steve Cooper thing, is very much a Steve Cooper thing. And as a result of that, a lot of Brentford fans don't want to see any of his teams uh, win. And the, the type of football that he went into, so some people may argue and say, listen, they're in survival mode. They, they just need to do anything they can do to get a point. So you've got to kind of let him off a little bit. Yeah, I understand. But the problem with that is that we just associate that with all of his teams that he's ever played and whenever he's played against us whenever they've been at the top of the league they still play that type of negative football yeah I, you know it is really him it, i i personally haven't got any beef at all with forest um and i think they you know that that needs that does need clarifying to be honest with you because you know it it, it 
can get confusing you know it can we're, we're not disrespecting forest as a club um it's just that you know it, it's, it's our right to you know to to not not forget about the beef you know and um it's the same with you know cole cole robinson with Carl with a k um you know when he when he when he made up the the accusations of people throwing glasses at him in the forecourt outside you know after an mk don's defeat and um us you know some people making mug balloons to to let off inside the mk don stadium to for the return you know it, it, if he dis, you know if someone disrespects our club then you know and they move to another club uh, sometimes the the beef does does get transferred you know so um yeah it, it, it as i said you know it's, it's not really a, a anything to do with forest um although you know he's clearly got them playing the same way um whether it's you know it's going to be enough to keep them up I'm not sure, but if it's a choice between Forest going down and Leeds going down, you know where my vote's going to go on that one. Yeah, I think I think there's 98 percent of the Brentford fan base is the same, and uh, I mean, listen to what the Forest fans are saying. It's interestingly because you know, listen, we could say what we want because we can do because we're in the elevated position. Uh, they're actually saying, oh, it's really peculiar how Brentford fans have got this beef over Leeds, and they'd rather you know Leeds go down than us. You know, and it's just like, well, kind of that's just kind of how it goes. You know, what I'm saying yeah. that you'd probably be in, the, and you'd probably be in the same position if you were in our shoes, but. But you're not in our shoes so at the end of the day you know you sh- we're sorry we didn't do you a favor last week but that's because it's a football match and, and and as i said beforehand and i said to the forest fans afterwards on their podcast I spoke to mr door and i said to him listen you know um it's up for you it's, it's the ball's in your court you can't rely on us and other teams to actually do the job for you you've got to do the job yourself so you've got to start winning some matches and that's the long and the short of it and and they did maybe what we would have done two or three seasons ago and as a result of that they may end up going down um we didn't end up going down because it didn't cost us in the end because we did enough last season to stay up um, but maybe as I said to you just like I was saying with the Leeds thing some teams have to go down to try and recalibrate themselves so they can go back up again and if that's what Forest have to do I don't want them to go down because I like going to Forest it's a good laugh and there's a good set of people there um, and like I said to you it looks like it's going to be between Leeds and Forest and maybe or one other team one of them three, three teams are going to go down obviously you know there's there's a team that I'd rather go down rather than Forest. But anyway, um, just just coming back to that game, I mean, Laney, no no sort of kind of danger signs there for you at all? No, not really at all. No, I, um, you know, I, I think I think it's, it shows that, you know, you just can't write us off. You know, we had, we had you know, Chelsea away and Forest and, and um, you know, in, in quick succession. And, you know, we, we ended up with six points. And I'm not necessarily sure that, you know, they were two, you know, excellent performances that were, you know, guaranteed wins on any other day. You know, it just it just shows you that things things did go our way um, against Chelsea because they were just they were shocking. Um, and then, uh, you know, we 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 were slightly fortunate in the deflections. Um, but what what I thought was good was that you know we we do we are getting the ball wide. And we are starting to cut in again and and get those like big chances. The you know the second goal at Chelsea, where Brian and Bumo cuts in from the right hand side and, and finds a finish, and then obviously Josh De Silva does exactly the same um, in the last knockins, cuts cuts in from the right and and finds a finish. Uh, it, it it helps when you know, our wide men are, are contributing. So we're not completely reliant on Ivan Tony, although you know Ivan Tony's finish. It, it helped that the goalkeeper was crap and it helped that the, the defensive wall split. Um, but you've got to give 
um, Tony credit and 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 and, our, and us for pulling that pulling the player um, away from the the final man in the wall. Um, he was obviously expecting a runner to go round the, the the right hand side or his left, um, and it it allowed you know the ball to get curled round. It wasn't the hardest of shots, but you know to Tony he's, he's, he backs himself and. Um, for that to be 20 goals in a season in the top flight, you know, you've got to, got to tip your hat, haven't you, Bill? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute because, like I said, JB comes on to that. I mean, Nottingham Forest, I mean, Thomas Frank admitted, he said Nottingham Forest did a good job to make it difficult for us. He also sort of emphasised the fact that they scored with their one chance and then they made it even more difficult for them by, you know, bunkering down and making it difficult for them to score. So, you know, that, so, so that was interesting. He admitted the fact that, you know, Forrest kind of almost like did a job on us, is what he was saying. But the, also the other thing is that we pointed out, and I think this is the difference between last season and this season, he said that, you know, um, they weren't going, things weren't going our way. Right. So we weren't getting things our way, you know, then eventually, you know, we got it with Ivan Tony. He scored a goal and then we got the final goal. So, you know, you get a bit of a break. And I think this is the things that sometimes when things are going for you, they go for you. And this seat and, and, the, <laughs> and we're talking about sort of cliches, but, you know, when things are going for you, sometimes then they continue to go for you. And when they're not going for you, they continue not to go for you. And maybe last season when we had that two month run where we just didn't win a game, we just had things not going for you. And I don't know whether or not it's psychologically or whether or not it's just a rate of it, it, it's a case of, you know, luck and everything kind of that happens in one particular period of time was happening all within the same space rather than evening itself out over a period of time. But we had that last season, whereas this time we seem to be getting a little bit more of the rub of the green and think some things seem to be going our way, which is which is which is all good. You know what I'm saying? So uh so so I'm very, very happy with that. Um tell you what though, um tell you who is really happy with this is JB, because JB has actually got some facts and some funk. And he's going to be coming up with some very, very interesting post-marriage, post-forest match facts and funk. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JP. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Against Nottingham Forest, Joshua Silva's late winner was the 100th goal we've scored in the Premier League. Goals in the latter stages of a game is not too much of a surprise, as 25% of those 100 have been scored after the 80th minute. For the fourth time this season at the GTEC, Brentford started Saturday's game attacking the West Stand in the first half. Although it doesn't seem to have an adverse effect, as we have not lost any of those games, ending with two wins and two draws. It was the tenth time this season that we'd gone in at the break, losing. 
In seven of those, that was the final outcome. We're just in two where we pulled back a point, Everton at home and Leicester away. Saturday was the first time we ultimately took all three points. Apart from Fulham's very late consolation goal, the latest we've conceded this season was in the 96th minute in a game away at Nottingham Forest. That goal cost us two points. Ivan scored his 20th league goal of the season, but he was already certain of being our top scorer for the third successive year. Only seven other players have achieved that in our 96 league seasons. Charlie McDonald 12 years ago, Robbie Cook in the 80s, Steve Phillips in the 70s, Billy Dare in the 50s, and pre-war Dave McCulloch, Jack Holliday, and appropriately on the Bisotti podcast, Billy Lane. So there you go, JB, Post, Forest, Bats and Funk. Try and say that when you've had a couple of wines down you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, again, late goals, Laney. 25% of our goals have been scored after the 80th minute. We are we are the never giving up team. No one no one want to play us, were they? No, I think we're I think we're really fit. Um, I think we have got leaders all over the pitch now, Bill. I think um, you know I, I was chatting to a couple of people this week about Ben Mee. You know, I, I, you know I know he's not I know he's not sort of captain on the pitch all the time or. You know, but he he he, he drives and he, he keeps he keeps players around and focused. Um, he's a winner, um, and and I think that because we've we've got that kind of leadership at the back, we've got Raya who's now I, I'd say you know edging towards world class, uh, and then you've got Ivan Tony, and then you've got the midfielders. I know we were missing Norgard on Saturday, and hopefully he would back up at Liverpool. Um, but uh, yeah, this is just that experience and that and that confidence and I, I was just saying that I don't think this season would have been as good as it is if we you know if we hadn't assigned Ben Mee I think he is such a, such an important player for us um, and, I, and I hope he's you know he's, he's around for next season as well I need, I need to get that clarified um, but uh, yeah he, he, he's been one of the best signings we, we've ever made and uh, it's uh, it's it, it, he plays a part in that those last those late goals bill because we, 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 we do keep it tight um, and we're able to stretch the game all the way into you know the, the the final phases where we're able to soak up pressure we've got that real solidity to us. Um, and we're, we are, you know, we back ourselves to, cl- to keep a clean sheet in, in a lot of games that we weren't last year. To go to Stamford Bridge and not concede, even against the current Chelsea team, is 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 some takes some doing. Um, and yeah, as I as I've said, you know, Ben Mee plays a critical part in all the great things that have happened to us this year. And hundred goals in the Premier League—that's pretty, uh, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Hundred goals in the Prem, yeah. It's it's. I'm I'm looking forward to the two hundredth. I mean, you know, I it, nothing I see, nothing I see, um, points to us going anywhere for the foreseeable future. And I said, you know, it's, it's not taking anything for granted. That's not. It's no arrogance in that whatsoever. Because I'm really, I'm, you know, I've, I, I'm, I, I'm not a Brentford fan for the glory, you know. But what now it's here, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm obviously not. 
yeah, desperate is not the right word because I, I, there's no there's no reason to be anything other than kind of confident. But you know, I, I just I, I I love being in this you know being in this uh, league and us and us sort of mixing it with with the very best and holding our own. It, it's just a it's, a it's a sight for sore eyes. And also Ivan scoring 20 goals, you know, plus as well this season. Again, you know, I mean, you know, five million pounds from Peterborough, you know, what would have happened if we'd actually got Ivan Tony this season? We were meant to get him in January with Ollie Watkins in the side. You know, we would have 100% gone up that season with Ollie Watkins and Ivan Tony in the team. And God knows what would have happened the following season. It was pretty amazing. But listen, things happen for a reason. He's now scored 20 plus goals for this season. Of course, it's going to be hard to keep hold of him, no matter what's happening with the whole betting scenario. It is good. But also the other thing is that what I love is just the hark back, okay, to the players also who scored 20 goals this season uh, plus goals for this season as well obviously Charlie McDonald we remember him back in the sort of he was almost in, in the early days of the Benham days when Benham took over Charlie McDonald was our top striker at the time in the in the was it third tier it was the third tier at that time wasn't it Laney yeah that's right yeah played played under Andy Scott didn't he and uh, yeah we, we, we tried to sign him um, under Terry Butcher and um, Terry Butcher didn't know anything about him when uh, when he came for his kind of like in brackets interview um, and he, he didn't come to, to, to Brentford that time but we, we went back with Andy Scott and um, we got our man and Charlie he, he's been back a couple of times he, he was back a couple of times last season I think wasn't he and we saw him out on the pitch and um, yeah he's, he's he, he, he did play a really good part in that transition. He, he, he was a he was a quality striker at, at that. I don't. It sounds like he's a real backhanded compliment. He was a, he was a great great lower league striker. But I, I, I don't mean that in a you know derogatory way. He, he, he was, and um, that's, there's no there's no there's no harm in that. He, he got a really good living out of the game, and um, I know he's coaching now. So yeah, we wish him a lot of luck. That's right, Charlie. And obviously there's Robbie Cook as well, who I'll never forget scoring that goal, the winner against Bournemouth in the Leyland Daff Southern final down in Bournemouth. Uh, we went 2-0 up. Bournemouth came back to 2 all, and then we scored that final goal. We were behind the goal there. We scored the goal and he came sliding over on his knees, if I remember rightly, to all the Brentford fans that are behind there. And I'd driven in my Volkswagen Beetle all the way from Brighton, where I'd been living with mate Paul Cassell, who went to stay with me that night in Brighton. And I just remember it was just the best night ever uh, getting back to your car afterwards the game was a little bit dicey as to be said and then I made a long drive back all the way back to Brighton afterwards which and on the A roads because they didn't have any motorways that that day it took me about 74 hours to get home but it was well worth it but Robbie Cook what a player he was and that was I mean that was a while ago I mean we're talking about sort of 85 I think that was wasn't it 84 85 under McClintock yeah and I, I, I remember Robbie Cook, uh, God rest his soul, he, he died a couple of years ago, didn't he? Um, and um, Martin Lange bought Robbie Cook. And I remember sitting down with Martin Lange doing an interview for the big Brentford book of the 70s, I think it was. Um, 80s, it would have been the 80s book. Um, and Martin Lange said that to, 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 to get the money to, to buy Robbie Cook, he had to sell a Ferrari 350 GTO. Um, and or it was a 250 or a 350 GTO and he was saying that if he'd kept the car he said well, obviously Robbie Cook was a really good striker um, but the car would actually be worth something like 10 million quid now if he'd have kept, if he'd have kept the car <laughs> so he said it was it was a good bit of business for the club but an absolutely shocking bit of business for his car collection 
Nice. <laughs> first, first world problems, obviously. First world problems, definitely. Obviously, there's Steve Phillips as well for the original posse as well. He he was the, he was the he was the man when I first started sporting Brentford as well. Uh, little Stevie Phillips used to score lots of goals for the bees as well. There as well, Laney. You remember Steve Phillips, didn't you? Stevie Phillips was the f- he was in the team when I first started supporting the club. Yeah, he wore, wore a, famously wore a yellow t-shirt underneath his his red and white Buckter Brentford shirt. Uh, and yeah, he, he, he I you know Stevie Phillips, um, Andy McCulloch and Barry Tucker and uh, Danny Salmon and Len Bond and you know all, all all of those players were just just so important. You know John Fraser. They they were just massively part of why I'm still a Brentford fan now. That's that's the Brentford I fell in love with. Um, and Stevie Phillips again, another not backhanded compliment. Great lower league striker, um, prolific at Northampton and at Brentford, and he goes South End as well. But I think you know wherever he went, he, he scored a lot of goals in the third and fourth division. And um, yeah, shame shame he couldn't have gone up one more time with us. Yeah, I thought, and we're talking about starting at the fourth tier as well. And this is where the this is where it really comes from. I said we've got not a lot of new listeners, but it comes from. Listen, we didn't start in the Premier League, mate. We started in that fourth tier. The, it's called the second division now, but it was called the fourth division there. And we were in the fourth tier, and these players played a massive part to where we are now. And, and you'll see them. They come down and they're on the pitch the whole time because we still keep in touch with these players. And they also come down to the Besotted Socials as well, which we will uh, probably have a little chat with you about because we were talking about this. We need to pull this one together as well, which we've got a few little plans for now that we come out of pandemic zone and actually venues are actually kind of putting on events and stuff like that as well. But the, the, the last one I love as well, Lady, because as you, as you said, he's linked it into Besotted. Billy Lane as well. Billy Lane, the top 20 goal scorer as well. I don't remember him, but I just think he's got a great name, and I think it's definitely beside. Yeah, uh, the, the the lanes. Yeah, I mean, I I I love to be able to say he was a relative, and but but he wasn't. But I, I do know the relatives of, of Bill, Bill Lane do live down Lakewood Road in Brentford. Still, I went round to their house. Um, and to see if they, you know, had any any memorabilia and stuff, and they had a, a few bits and bobs. But uh, yeah, there was uh, there was Bill and Jack Lane who were part of that sort of twenty thirties and, and early forties uh, how first halcyon days for the club um, under Harry Curtis. They they um, turned us into you know the the, the first wave of top flight. Uh, Brentford and um, that was just an incredible time to be around and uh, unfortunately there'll be be no one left amongst the fan base now that that remembers that it was just too long ago but um, yeah but uh, Jack Lane and Bill Lane yeah heroes yeah definitely and I think they were probably a little bit uh, too old to have played for Brentford in the last time that we actually finished above Chelsea in the Premier League which was if I remember rightly it was uh, I think it was 38-39 season actually was the last time we finished above Chelsea in the Premier League I'm not sure if it might have been one just after the war but I don't think uh, I think they finished above us just after the war in the sort of 46 season actually so 38-39 was the last time we finished above Chelsea in the Premier League and I'm not going to try to count any chickens or whatever you call it anyway like now but I think this season may be the first time since 39 that we may be finished at the top of that uh, West London Millie League as they call it but anyway we should move on because we got a match on Saturday against Liverpool Liverpool we're going up to Liverpool we're going to have a laugh it's a 5.30 kickoff which means it's going to be on TV which means it's going to be a bit difficult for some people to actually make it up there but still there's going to be enough bees up there going to be having some jokes we're going to go away have a few little drinks, come back, and we're going to talk about Liverpool. 
Liverpool. So there's an argument to say that we probably aren't playing Liverpool at the right time. Could have played them maybe about a month or so earlier. It might have been a little bit better for us. They're coming off the back of, what's it, five wins in a row. Um, saying that, it is their third home game on the trot. They're looking a bit tired. They did beat the F-word Fulham uh, last night as we speak as well. 1-0, I think, was it was it with the penalty as well. Um, they've got Champions League doubts unless they continue the run there at the moment now. They're a little bit jaded, it has to be said. Liverpool, Laney, um, is this a good time to play them? Probably, yeah. I, you know, as you said, they've they've won five on the trot. Those wins, those streaks don't always continue. Um, and three three games in a week uh, at home. I, I remember us doing that a fair bit, and it's it, you don't often win the lot. Um, they'll be looking to get revenge over us from the three-one win um, at the GTEC uh, earlier in the season. You know, a, a night never to forget. Uh, and they they stand every chance of doing that. However, I I say you know the the, the sequence probably will come to an, to an end for them. You know whether it's a point we get a point there or or, or, we, or we win. And uh, you know they'll they'll be aware that we've won the last two. And um, the game we lost against uh, Newcastle, we deserve to get something out of. Um, and the game that we drew against Villa, we deserve to win. So um, you know there's 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 things that could have been better um, and we, we probably deserved a little bit more out of those last few games than, uh, than, than we got um, and maybe they, they you know, got a little bit more than they deserved um, because you know to be fair to Tottenham although they, they went 3-0 up Spurs came back and they created enough about them um, to have, have probably could have won that game actually they hit the bar a couple of times and missed a couple of sitters and then uh, you know, against Fulham it was a uh, there was a couple of couple of fluffs there by by the Fulham players um, and uh, you know they, it could have been a draw there another another time so you know they, they have ridden their luck at times but we we have seen that they they you know they're blessed with in, an incredible amount of talent and you 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 you, you you pick up your you, you play them on the wrong day and you end up like Man United did, you know, losing seven. Um, they're capable of doing that to you as well. So we have to hope they they they're just a little bit jaded. Um, they take us a little bit for granted, and we 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 were able to take the chances that come our way. We we actually need to turn up. We didn't we didn't do that last year. I don't think you know. I think it was one of them. Nah games for us I think you know it was a, a lot of effort to get up there and um, it was uh, it was just a really really sort of flat um, afternoon so yeah ho- hopefully turn up and we can uh, we can start looking at these last four games and ending the season on a on a proper high proper high so listen I mean <clears throat> we're going to go over to our chums We've got some chums. With the Liverpool chums, we've got, you know, Spirit of Shankly chums. We've got, you know, Anfield Rap chums. We've got all sorts of Liverpool chums all over the place. And we've got John from the Anfield Rap. I, I, I basically go on the Anfield Rap probably once every two or three weeks, actually, and have a good old chat about Brentford, just about Brentford. They want to know about us. And, you know, like literally like once, once every two or three weeks, maybe once a month, I go on the Anfield Rap. And every now and again, we like to get the Anfield Rap on our podcast. They've been on every single one of our Liverpool-Brentford podcasts. And here we go again. We've got John, who knows absolutely everything about Liverpool. I'm having a little chin wag with him to find out what's been going down at Anfield. So big game on Saturday. Brentford's chance to get six points 
of the mighty, mighty Reds, the Liverpool. I mean, I never thought I'm going to say something like that. This is actually blowing my mind. But listen, this is all good, man. As you know, we have got some good chums, some good buddies up in the northwest of the country. And up in Liverpool, we've got the Anfield Rap. We've got John from the Anfield Rap on the other line here, just giving us a little bit of a vibes. John, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. That's, that's all good, man. And you see what I'm saying? Are you looking forward to your celebration bank holiday weekend, which is very different up there because it's all about some sort of European, not European tour, but European vision, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've got Eurovision fever massively here. Uh, obviously, Liverpool is hosting Eurovision uh, next weekend, not this weekend, but the, the festivities have started already. There's a Eurovision village, uh, which is being built as we speak, right by our office. We're lucky enough to have a, a space in a studio right on the on the pier head on Liverpool's famous, uh, next to Liverpool's famous free graces down here uh, uh, in beautiful Liverpool. And, and yeah, they're building a, a Eurovision village there. There's lots of people coming into the city already to enjoy it. And so, yeah, that is taken over um, the city. I'm delighted. We love to throw a party here in Liverpool. And, and this is going to be, um, you know, oh, well, longer than a week and fantastic for the city. Great to show it off sort of all around Europe. And yeah, everyone's really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, mate. I'm going to have to get my Eurovision gear on and just come down to your little village down and hang out with you. But anyway, just going back to the football, I mean, Liverpool have had a probably best to describe and I'm saying it in the most respectful way here as well probably not the best season I mean just give us a quick summary of your season John yeah no that's that, that's been more the generous really we started flat um and we were like well maybe that's kind of understandable after after the season before it took a lot out of us you know physically mentally and so but we kept thinking oh I'm sure we'll get going soon and then it was well I'm sure we'll get going after the after the World Cup and and then it never really did. Um, now they've they've strung a few wins together. It's, it's five wins in a row uh, currently for Liverpool. You know, not played spectacularly well, if I'm honest. But at least you know do what needs to be done to sort of get over the line in each game. But unfortunately for Liverpool, in terms of our targets, you know, Champions League qualification, it might be too little, too late. But all they can do is keep going. But you know, after the highs of, of not just last season, but you know, you know, the Jurgen Klopp era, which has been lots of finals, lots of trophies, uh, lots of, you know, magic nights. You know, this this season has been, you know, a little bit damp, a little bit flat, and a little bit of a of a, of a you know, reality back to reality, um, unfortunately. But still, been some you know crazy days thrown in. We beat Manchester United seven 0 at home. You know, things like that. So there's still been you know some really good performances, but just not as many as, as, as what we've been spoiled with uh, over the last five years. And you talked about Klopp. I mean, he's obviously once revered. I mean, he's the man that's brought you, you know, so much joy. You've got some great football with him. He's a right character as well. Um, this season hasn't gone well for, there must be various reasons. I mean, what's the feeling with him? Is it, is, has it changed? Has it shifted? It's not really shifted, no. I think there was a, there was a feeling that last summer there was maybe a little bit more that needed to be done on the squad that, that he maybe realised. And so I think one, one criticism... Of, of Klopp amongst some Liverpool supporters that is that maybe he's a little bit too loyal to, to the players who've you know who have served him so well and listen so many of these players have been brilliant but you know there's a few of them who are getting on a bit now and he's and he's still sort of picking them more often than not there's a few others who you know even even the ones who are leaving you know he tried to sort of you know get on longer contracts and things like that so I think you know if you were to where to have a criticism of yeah you know is that maybe there's he's a little bit you know, too loyal and, and, you know, not quite ruthless enough, you know, to say, well, this, well, this player has been brilliant for us, it's been brilliant for Liverpool, but we now we need some younger legs. But 
So I think maybe there were some mistakes made there last summer, but we all know he's the man to 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 move us forward. You know, we'll, we'll all we'll all think we know better than the manager sometimes, don't we, as supporters? Even if even if they are Jurgen Klopp, but I think you know it is a big summer for Liverpool. I'm expecting you know quite a few out and quite a few in because you need a lot of energy to play in this this Liverpool team, and it's a it's a bit of a young man's game. I think certainly playing in midfield, and so I think with the with the right reinforcements this summer and a bit of a refresh I'm sure we can be back firing under uh, under all cylinders under Jan Klopp next That's year right okay so I mean listen I mean and again not being disrespectful but I'd say Liverpool are a million miles away from Champions League football saying that if you win if you win in the next five games if you win every game as well then it might be different but you're quite a, quite away from Champions League football how's that going to affect you next season because again this is something that we don't even, we've got no idea about it's, it's a million miles away for Brentford but we know that the teams sort of kind of gauge their season on whether or not they make Champions League football or not because it'll affect the players they can bring in on so on and so forth so how will it affect you? Yeah it's it's an interesting question Billy and, and we'll have to sort of wait and see you know I think I think financially you know it is a bit of a hit and, and our owners are, are, are quite prudent um, they're not ones to you know, like 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 down the road from you guys to just throw three hundred, four hundred million pounds in a, in a transfer window and and hope for the best. You know, they they, they are you know the investment bankers at the end of the day. That's how they've made their money, and so they're, they're they're very careful sometimes. You know, for our liking, a little bit too careful. I know the managers maybe mentioned a couple of times as well. He'd like them to take you know a few more risks, but but that's not how they've done things. And, and to be fair, you know, we have had a lot of success under them but so the worry is that maybe if we don't get champions league football this summer then is the money there you know for are they going to make the money available for that rebuild i mentioned before i still think liverpool is is a big enough club and has had enough recent success to 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 attract you know the very top players you know i don't think one year out of the champions league necessarily affects that i think obviously if it becomes then two or three then then players start to think well you know, am I better off, you know, somewhere else? But I don't think necessarily, I think you can normally persuade, you know, most players that it's, you know, this is just a blip and we, we want to be back in it next next year and look at our pedigree. So I think it's more the financial stuff than, than attracting the, the level of footballers at the moment. But we'll wait and see in the summer. Hopefully, you know, the owners as well recognise that, that you know, a bit of surgery is needed in the summer and, and they back the managers to do that. All right. I mean, I was just talking about, just flipping it as well, talking about the summer. Brentford off to USA in the summer. Uh, very excited about that, playing Fulham, playing Villa, playing somebody else. I don't even remember. It's not about the summer. It's where we're going to Atlanta, going to Philly, we're going to, you know, we're going to Washington. And there's a lot of excitement because we picked up a lot of USA uh, based Brentford fans as well. And they, they actually they we actually picked them up when they all watched the very first game of the seasons against Arsenal and the atmosphere and everything like that just hooked them in. So all of a sudden we've got all these new fans. Thanks for listing everybody out there as well. Uh, hopefully I'll see you out there in America. Um, but this is something that, you know, all of a sudden we're, we've opened up to a new market out there, we're up to new people. But this is something that Liverpool are being doing for years um just talk to me just briefly about the globalization of football is it something good or is it something bad because there's good elements but also bad elements about it aren't there yeah it's it's a really interesting question billy and we've obviously experienced that a lot with liverpool in that um you know some of our biggest moments you know things like istanbul in 2005 you know barcelona just a few years ago you know those images go all around the world and the pictures of, of the travel and support and and, and, and on the home nights like Barcelona, the Carp, and people see that and think, you know, well, we want to be involved in that, you know, and so they, um, and the club, you know, Liverpool, well, all clubs, but, but Liverpool 
very much so do it you know we'll try and push themselves you know to to a global audience and want to attract that but there's there is positives and negatives to it like you say like there's it's extra demand on tickets and, and anfield is is only so big and there's lots of people you know in this city or, or outside the city who want to go and you know buy a membership to buy tickets and then are unable to do so and get sort of frustrated i know for me you know i've got two young kids now who are a little bit too young to go to the game but in a few years will want to and it's like well i've got my my season ticket but you know trying to take them sort of along with me is is going to be you know difficult and it's going to be a little bit of a challenge and so i think for young kids you know growing up in the city they have access to the game gets a bit more restricted they're, they're trying their best the benford fans who are who are traveling this weekend will notice your end the anfield road end is currently being redeveloped so they are trying to um put tickets on and, and make extra tickets available for people but but also the more um you know the, the more the more the team does well and the, the more you increase demand you know that those extra tickets are just a sort of a drop in the ocean so so there's that aspect really and also i think something that i've noticed as well is that uh, generally speaking and this is generally speaking it's not obviously the case for everyone but you know if people come on board for the result like liverpool for barcelona nil you know sometimes that becomes the expectation um a little bit really and, and when we have a bad year like we have this one listen everyone's frustrated you know someone who supports liverpool for 50 60 years is frustrated with this year but i think sometimes you know if you've come up on board a little bit more recently when when everything's been wonderful and all the garden's been rosy, then you have a bad year. I think I think there, there can be that, you know, struggle to 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 adjust to that. I think sometimes, and, and you'll you'll see, you know, a bit more, you know, social media backlash and the, and the players getting it in their neck and stuff like that. And I know for 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 the players, you know, online and on social, you know, it's becoming you know more and more toxic, and that's the case for all clubs really. And I think, you know, that that's sometimes, you know, not not always, but sometimes could be the case. You know the product of, of kind of people coming on board more more recently and and expecting things to always be wonderful and so you know there are the downsides but 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 generally speaking you know i love that our league's so popular i love that liverpool football club is so popular i think it's the best club to support in the world so so when other people sort of come on board and, and want to be part of that that feels great we love showing off our city you know we love having people come here and tourists come here and, and spend their money and enjoying it and going back around the world and becoming you know, evangelical, if you like, about the sort of where we live. We, we love all that as well. So there is two sides to the coin and you just need to balance it best. Definitely. And just, I'm just going to ask you a quick question. I said I'm saying this again respectfully, but I'm just I'm just going to make a point because obviously you've heard the song as well because you were talking about, you know, getting the new fans in. I mean, so when fans sing that the away fans like you're just a club full of tourists as well because you've got one section there which is full of maybe people that are, because I know you're a hardcore fan. I know loads of Liverpool hardcore fans going for years, but obviously you've got a section who come in who may come in weekly, buy their tickets, you know, sort of kind of tourist people who come in, play over the odds and maybe not create the same atmosphere as you would do does that hurt you i think i would encourage everyone who sort of comes to the game to, to make as noise as much noise as possible and you know a lot's made out of um you know people sort of coming in and and you know and, and doing the you know as you say paying over the odds and just coming for the spectacle really rather than to be part of it and you'd encourage anyone you know, once I think personally, I don't know you agree, Billy. Once you you step into the stadium, you're you're part of that game, and it's your job to 
to do everything that you can to make your team win and would encourage everyone no matter how many times they've been and sometimes it's a problem with people you know in Liverpool who've had the season tickets for, for, for almost too long and they just sort of sit there and, and it's like all right sort of entertain. I've seen all the best players in the world you know yeah I want you to sort of entertain me so you you, you want everyone to to, to re- remember that, that you are there you know not just as a spectator but a participant in football and that's when Anfield at its best and that's when all stadiums are at its best but listen we can take a few jibes you know what I mean that, that's what football's about a little bit isn't it you know we're not trying to all, all sanitise it too much and so if we get a bit of stick from Brentford for being a tourist club on Saturday then listen we don't we're all thick skin we've all <laughs> <where's> <laughs> football grounds than that that's right so listen I mean talking about Brentford earlier this season there was a famous famous victory for the Bees um, Brentford beating Liverpool 3-1 atmosphere was amazing the game was amazing I mean for us that is and again and I'm not saying that. I mean, a lot of your guys came down um, to, to the Globe as we do beforehand. Loads of Liverpool fans came down. We had a good drink beforehand after the game as well. We had a good drink afterwards. You shook hands. We had a beer. We talked about football. That's what we do. But, you know, in between, it, for the, you know, for us, for the first time in ages, it, it's just, it was a victory for us. You know, we, I was there in 89 when you beat us 4-0 in the FA Cup quarterfinal. I was there in 19, not, uh, was it 83 when you beat us, was it 4, was it 4-1 or 4, fake 4-1, 4-1 in the League Cup, uh, uh, the League Cup, the Milk Cup or whatever it's called then as well. I was there all those times and you, you had the pain, but Liverpool were a massive club then. We were a tiny little club. So for us to get that victory for me on that day was truly, truly amazing. And it was a great game. Um, uh, just... Did you see that coming though at the time? Yeah, I think so because I think we we were struggling. You know, I mentioned before about you know how poorly we started the season and how you know it, it took us such a long time to sort of get going. And so I was worried about that Brentford game because I think your one of your manager's real strengths is that he looks at the opposition and he thinks how can we how can we get out them how can we exploit you know what they struggle at because every team's you know no team's perfect you know not even the you know the teams at the very top you know uh, 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 there's, there's always you know something there's always a gap somewhere and there's always a way to exploit it. and I think what the reason you've had so many um, successes against you know the very best teams in this league and you've beaten I think almost everyone now if, if not sort of everyone is that you know the, the, the manager's able to, to look at it almost coldly really and rather than panic or, or think oh we'll play Liverpool this weekend let's just you know, damage limitation. I think he does always look for ways to know, well, actually, well, let's have a little look at them and, and how can we sort of, you know, exploit their issues. And so we did have plenty of issues at that time and still a few, you know, we're, we're not out the woods, certainly. And, and I think he is someone who, who will look at that. So I was worried about that game going into it. Uh, I, I didn't think we'd be quite as poor as we were. I'll be honest with you. I thought we'd be, be a bit better at dealing with it, but I certainly wasn't shocked, you know, by the result, because as I say, you've got plenty of those results at Anfield, sorry, at your place now over the last couple of years. So I think if anyone goes to Brentford and, and underestimates them, I think you're in for a bit of a shock. Yeah, and, and I've talked about that, you know, the 83 League Cup game down at our place, you know, where there was officially 17,000, but I know for a fact there's about 25,000 because everyone snuck in wherever they can get into. 89 FA Cup quarterfinal where we played you as well. You know, these, these are games that we played you in the past, you know what I'm saying? The, the, you know, you would say since them times, the tables have turned slightly as in the fact that we have become a much more established side, we've become a Premier seed side, and, and a side that, you know, Finally, people turn around and have actually taken us seriously. We've we've been waiting for that for forty plus years. I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts on Brentford, and you know, you know, who are you fearful of? I think first of all, you know, it is great that a club can can come up, you know, almost from nowhere and be so well established. I think 
you know the, the way the Brentford operates you know as a football club is is fantastic there's a lot to be admired you know I love the, the fact that you've got you know bigger but you've kept your core and you've kept you know your, your soul and, and what you're about and that's a, actually quite a difficult thing to do and a lot of clubs lose it you know they'll build a new stadium sort of miles out the city and then and then, and then you know, and then wonder why the atmosphere changes or, 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 or treat fans badly and then, and then wonder why, why you don't get a lot back. So I think there's a lot of care has gone into Brentford in terms of, you know, how you've grown. I think it's been, you know, very organic, but also sort of very quick. And, and uh, you know, you seem to be having the time of your lives. That's what I always feel like whenever there's only so many clubs, you know, in this league where they watch it and, you know, you think, oh, they have, they, they look like they're having a, a great time there. And I think, I think Brentford's one of them. Your determination to enjoy it. You know, and, and remembering that, like you say, really, you know, you talked about, you know, games before, remembering where you come from, you know, always sort of helps with that, really. And so there's a lot lot to be admired, you know, about, about sort of Brentford and, and what they do. And, and then also on the pitch as well. And I think, you know, the, the main concerns, you know, is, is, is the guys up front and whoever he picks up there, you know, seems to cause problems. There's obviously even Tony's the, the obvious one. There's, there's the rumours he's a Liverpool fan, but he, I mean, he certainly <laughs> seems to let up when he plays against us. <laughs> uh, that may be sort of quite the opposite. Maybe he feels like he's got something to prove. I don't know, but he plays very well against us. But listen, he plays very well against most teams, doesn't he? He's a, he's a top, top player. And I know how proud you guys, you know, are of him when, you know, you know, get picked for England and stuff like that but he deserves it but but also you know you guys know and, and, and I certainly know you know it's not all about him you know whoever his partner is up there you know they're, they're a handful and they're going to be a handful for our centre-halves and you know they've not been quite at the, the required standard you know this season you know even the mighty Virgil van Dijk sort of you know slipped down to human levels this season and so they're gonna have they were gonna be in a game they know they're gonna be in a game and i think the key for liverpool is obviously stopping the service into them as much as we can so you know making sure that they were, they were dominating the ball and, and but when we do lose it you're, you're, you're closing down the, the spaces and the passes because you know once someone like tony gets one-on-one -on -one, then then it's tough for any defender really so starving there is monsters up front for service I think is the uh, is the key for Liverpool and 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 just talk about Liverpool I mean who's who's gonna who's gonna turn it for you who's gonna do the business who's who's exciting you I mean there's the obvious ones but there might be somebody out there we're thinking oh really who's come through the ranks you're thinking actually he's the next best thing or somebody who's just been willfully just doing his job all the way through the season yeah it's, it's a good question mate I think you know, a couple to look out for. Um, Curtis Jones has had a really nice run in the side now. He's he's a he's playing his come through our academy. He's he's not necessarily young now. I think he's just turned twenty two, but he's had really tough injuries over the last couple of years. So we haven't seen him as much as we like. But he started the last five games for Liverpool. Liverpool have, have won all five of those, and you know, it finally feels like he's he's becoming a, a first team regular now in part. So although he's not necessarily the most eye catching player in terms of you know, I mean, he might score a goal. He, he did score a goal, you know. In, in a, in a recent game, um, I think it was the, the, the opener, but um, uh, against Tottenham it was. But 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 you know, I wouldn't necessarily be expecting him to, to be sort of on the on the score sheet. But he is one who you, your listeners maybe won't know as well that, that that is likely to start on Sunday and has looked really good for us. Um, but in terms of of up top. Um, having Luis Diaz back for us is absolutely huge. You know, he's been a brilliant player ever since we brought him in. He only signed just over a year ago. It's crazy to think now. He feels like he's been here a lot longer, but he came in of the January of the season before, but, but hit the ground running, and, and running is the word. He's lightning quick. He's dangerous. He can go both sides. He loves to, to 
cut in there with, and hit the ball with his right foot. He's got a vicious shot and having him back's huge. And so he's maybe one that, you know, the, the people haven't said as much of this season because he, he picked up a really bad injury in October. I think that it took ages for him to come back and he was having setbacks and things like that. But listen, you don't need to tell me, you, you know, you, you don't need me to tell you guys about Mo Salah and people like that. You know, he's he's obviously a lot more known, but but getting Luis Diaz back and hopefully he's starting the game and, and he could cause you guys a lot of problems if you're not careful. So I'm going to ask you the question, how's the game going to pan out and what do you think the score is going to be? And I know you hate giving scores. <laughs> it's the easiest way to sort of to make a fool of yourself a score prediction, but listen, I'm fine with making a fool of myself, so I'll, so I'll have a go. I... I there's a good determination about Liverpool at the moment. Like I've mentioned a couple of times, it's, it's five wins in a row. That's not been necessarily been scintillating football the whole time. And a few a few games we've we've got over the line with with late goals, like against against Spurs. You know, very late having thrown that three 0 lead away, or other times it's just a, a, a penalty, like like against Fulham. But you know, we are finding a way at the moment and I fancy us to find a way. So I don't think Liverpool will have it all their own way. I think Brentford will have periods in the in the side where where they're on top and will cause us problems. And I fancy Brentford to get a goal, but I just think there is a bit of a steely determination with Liverpool to to the, the return of that, that, that attitude that, that got us, you know, so far as far as it did. So I'm going for the two one Liverpool win. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think we'll I think we'll get the three points. Okay, and I'll, I'm going to give my prediction when I'm with Laney in a little bit. You'll hear exactly what I've got to say, but it's probably no surprises for the Brentford fans out there to say what it is because I've been going with the same score every single week and I've got it wrong every week so far. But anyway, listen, John, it's been great chatting to you. I'm going to catch up with you the weekend. I'm, going to, I'm packing my Eurovision kit, mate. I've got my full Eurovision kit. In fact, I'll tell you something. I used to look after an artist, actually, a Russian artist um, who actually was in Eurovision, Sergi. Sergi Lazarev, his name is as well. I used to look after him. He's actually... a uh, yeah, so um, he was. I was doing some stuff with him a few years ago. I actually took him to Notting Hill Carnival once as well, which actually blew his mind. He was a bit of a character. That's all I can say. So yeah, I've got my little fingers licked into, squeezed into Eurovision. So I'm going to be down there with my Eurovision kit, and we can go down there and have a Eurovision beer uh, before the match, and maybe even have one after the match because I'm there. I'm going to be there till Monday as well because I'm actually going for it this weekend. So I look forward to seeing you, mate. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you too. Thanks for having me on. There you go, John from the Anfield Rap, and uh, he's not giving up hope, you know, of that European tour. I mean, they've got some sort of European tour, but he's looking for the big prize, you know what I'm saying, the Champions League. So, you know, he's not giving up any hope, but he still knows that there's work to be done this season and in the future. And it hasn't quite gone to plan, but no, he hasn't given up on on uh, on, on on anything with Liverpool. And you wouldn't expect him to because he's been there for years. I mean, Liverpool, let's just see what they are about. They are, listen, they're a good side. Doesn't matter how the results have gone. Very good at creating chances, using through balls. Very good at counter-attacks. Good at attacking down the wings. Uh, coming back from losing positions, creating scoring chances, attacking set pieces, protecting the lead and defending set pieces. Where they're weak, defending against attacks down the wings, defending against through balls, defending against skillful players, avoiding individual areas. They're very weak, avoiding offside, stopping opponents from creating chances and defending counter attacks. Uh, they'd like to play possession football with short passes. They attempt through balls, often control the game in our half. They attack through the middle and down the right. They're not aggressive and they play the offside trap. Um, counter attacks, Laney. That's, is, that's, this is, this, is this where Thomas, Sank is, Thomas Frank is thinking? Yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, that's, that's what, um, that's what uh, 
any any team that uh, got a brain on on their shoulders would would, would do there. You know, you you can have to you can have to soak it up, um, and you're gonna have to hit them, and 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 when you do hit them, you can have to make them count. So, you know, I I, I noticed that you know Jurgen Klopp. He criticised Tottenham for being a counter counter-attacking team. He said, you know, he expected more from them. He expected them to sort of, you know, take the game and impose a style of play a little bit more. Um, but Brentford aren't in that position, so you know, it's, it's you know, we, we can't be expected to, you know, be be you know top four team quite yet, where 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 you actually can sort of, you know, dictate play. Um, so yeah, that's exactly what I'm expecting to be honest with you, Bill. I, I just hope. It's uh, it's it's not one way traffic. We we've got enough, you know, Sharda and um, Josh De Silva and Brian and Bumo, um, and we uh, we we've got players that are going to be, you know, yeah, able to sort of get out wide and run at run at Liverpool. Um, you know, I think they 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 have frailties at the back. Tottenham Tottenham showed that on on Sunday. You you can hurt them. Um, Ivan Tony, uh, I'm expecting him to not. Be marked out the game, but you know he's he, he he's he needs to sort of raise it slightly. He hasn't he hasn't necessarily sort of been at his, his the most powerful at best the last last few weeks, but he's still you know he's still dangerous and he's still got goals in him. So um, I think we've got enough skill and speed buzzing around Tony to to cause problems still, um, and we 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 expect you know players like Yanel. Um, and, and Jensen to sort of uh, you know to get into the area and uh, to get some shots in as well. So uh, we, we've got we've got the we've got the ammo built. We just need to go there and uh, and and do ourselves justice, as, as I said. So interestingly, in this game against Forest, I mean against Chelsea and Bumo, he, he's, he was left on the bench and he's brought off the bench and he came and he did some wonders. And then he, him and Shada were back in against Forest. Do you think that was a tactic? Was it, do you think it's a tactic to just kind of save the players' legs? Do you think it was a tactic um, to because of the opposition we were playing? And how do you think he might um, react against Liverpool? We, well, it, we, it gives us the options we need. You know, it it, it, can, it, it can do one of like two or three things. He can play Mbumo and, and Tony, which is you know, which has been our, our strongest um, attacking combination um, or, or not you know there's this Sharda there um, I, I thought Sharda had a you know a, a bit of a disappointing bit of a frustrating afternoon I think maybe Sharda sort of summed up our frustrations where you know he, he didn't apart from a couple of turns and a couple of couple, only a couple of moments you know I, I thought Forrest were going to be the opponents that he, he could really shine against maybe he'll have to do that um, up at Anfield um, but you know going back to what, what I'm expecting from Thomas Frank he he can keep his cards a little bit close to his chest. I think the the, the two games, the, the Forest match, and then the the, the, the Chelsea game, um, and and the performance against Villa as well, it showed you the cat. We we can mix it and create chances against the the very best quality teams in in this division. You know, and you have to include Chelsea in that. And I know it's you know they're, they're shocking form. You know, and there's you know there's a mathematical chance they'll go down. Of course they won't, but you know you you have to look at the team, and there is incredible talent there, and we we went there and and, and did a job on them. So yeah, I'm I'm confident that if a couple of things you know combine, um, you know we we do need the, we do need Liverpool not to be at their best, but you know that if that happens, then you know I'm confident we can get something out of it. So Laney. I mean, 
listen, we're going to Liverpool on Saturday. It's going to be a long weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. Is the fun going to continue in the 90 minutes of that match? I'm going to ask you. Yeah, I'm going to go for it this year, Bill. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say um, it's going to be another really positive uh, afternoon. I'm, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. And I'm going to go, as you know, what I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for the Mighty Mighty Bees, only because it came in and I actually didn't do a podcast when we actually got a 2-0 victory in every single podcast we've done since. There's been no 2-0. So uh, I'm going to go for the 2-0 Brentford victory against Liverpool uh, on Saturday. So listen, I mean, listen, you and me, we're going to go up early on Saturday morning. Like I said to you, we're looking forward to meeting the characters for a few beers at lunchtime. We've got to be drinking by the bridge, drinking quite near to the ground before the game. Actually, there's a big bar with a with a big, 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 sort of big, big, big garden, you know, big, big beer garden with lots of bees and Liverpool fans go as well. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be good, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, mate. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a good 48 hour uh, knees up that's what I say that's that's right and talking to John as well as he said to you it's all Eurovision so get your Eurovision underpants get your Eurovision no. you know swimsuits all sorted like you know what I'm saying just get ready no. for that because uh, they've gone full Eurovision zone and I've got a little party in Liverpool on Sunday night as well my mate's got a party as well so it's full on party zone for me and Laney this weekend we're looking forward to it anyway this is the Be Sorted Pride of West london podcast don't forget to subscribe to us on all good channels and also write us a review thank you for the beers everyone that's bought us some beers out there besotted.com forward slash beer don't forget besotted global as well besotted.com forward slash global is a little global community we will be doing our usa tour kind of chat thing probably next week because we've got west ham and they're on a sunday west ham so we'll have an extra day and so we might have a few bit more time to chat about stuff so we could talk about that for the people who want to know about what's happening in america but other than that um nice chat to you laney uh we got yeah, Lainey in the house. Good afternoon, Bill. Oh, good afternoon to you too as well. Everybody enjoy yourselves. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to check out the post match broadcast, Pride of West London. But we're going up to Liverpool. Looking forward to the Eurovision. As we say, come on, you bees. <laughs> you bees. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.